Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Rebecca F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, May 31st, 2016. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are in Chapter 5, How It Works. We'll start out with the first two paragraphs on page 66. The first will be for context only, and the second will be the focus of our comments. Today's readers are Roxanne T, Ruth C, Martha Z, Deb W, and Janice M. The reference number for, mo- for right, the reference number for Monday, May 30th, 2016 is 8786. OA preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Roxanne T. to read the 12 steps. Good morning. Thank you for your service, Rebecca. My name is Roxanne T., recovered in New York. Here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. 
Step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Roxanne T. Before we move on, just check your um, phones and make sure that you're muted, please, because that was an unusual disturbance. I will now ask Ruth C., to read the 12 traditions. Thank you, Rebecca. Good morning, all. This is Ruth C., a compulsive overeater from Atlanta. The 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as we may himself as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA, OA name ought never to be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, film, television, and other public media of communication. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you for allowing me to do service, and I pass. Thank you, Ruth C. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read We are sharing what the directions in the Big Book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass. 
Then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Today we resume our study of the big book on page 66. We'll start out with the first paragraph on page 66 for context. It is plain that a life through to drink is to die. Then we will continue by reading and focusing our sharing on the following paragraph, beginning with, if we were to live through to these things are poison. I will ask Martha Z to begin reading. Good morning, Rebecca. This is Martha Z. Can you hear me? I can, Martha. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for your loving service. This is Martha Z. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater by the grace of God from near Philadelphia. It is plain that a life which includes deep resentment leads only to futility and unhappiness. To to the precise extent that we permit these, do we squander the hours that might have been worthwhile, but with the alcoholic whose hope is the maintenance and growth of the spiritual experience. This business of resentment is infinitely grave. We found that it is fatal, for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. The insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again, and with us to drink is to die. If we were to live, we had to be free of anger. The grouch and the brainstorm were not for us. They may be the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. Good morning, my friends in recovery. Um, I am going to concentrate on the second paragraph. I just wanted to say that where it, the, when we started, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. So the problem here is that we're blocking our access to our higher power. We've already found out that we need power because we are powerless over food. So it's definitely a problem. We have no access. And then the part about to drink is to die. Um, I I know I I thought yeah, I'm not going to really die physically, and I didn't. And I didn't really feel like I was dying physically. I know some people are dying more than others, but I was so dying emotionally and spiritually. I had lost myself. So this is this is why it's important that we not let these defects get in the way to shut off the sunlight of the spirit. So okay, so this language is like what are they talking about here? So grouch is long standing anger. So so a grouch is one who's habitually irritable, grumbling, whining, sulking or complaining. And on the other hand, the brainstorm is sudden fits of range. Rage. So it's saying neither one of those, we're not allowed to have them. And then it says they may be the dubious luxury. So like, what dubious, questionable luxury of normal men? But for us, these things are poison. So it made me think about in the AA 12 and 12, there's a part in step 10, and it says, um, let's see, oh, here it is. Um, It's talking about a spiritual axiom that every time we're disturbed, no matter what the cause, there's something wrong with us. But then it says, if somebody hurts us and we're sore, are we are also in the wrong. But are there no exceptions to this rule? What about justifiable anger? If somebody cheats us, aren't we entitled to be mad? Can't we be properly angry with self-righteous folk? 
For us of AA, these are dangerous exceptions. We have found that justified anger ought to be left to those better qualified to handle it. And um, I just wanted to say one more thing about resentment because this helped me so much. Um, one time somebody was talking about, about resentment and they said, when you resent, say some, somebody does something to you and you resent them. And the fact is that the person might have done that only one time, but every time we talk about it, every time we refeel it, we re-injure ourselves. So every time we talk about it to anybody who would listen, so the person might have done it only once to us. Say we talk about it to 20 different people. We have re-felt it and re-injured ourselves that many times. So I just wanted to share that. That was really helpful uh, for me. And I am going to stop here. And um, thank you so much for letting me share. Thank you, Martha Z. Who would like to share on that second paragraph that Martha read? This is Bella. Can I share? I heard Bella, and I believe I heard Linda R. Vasa O. Vasa O. I heard. Lynn S. Something S. Was it Lynn S.? Yep. Lynn S. Chrissy G. Chrissy G. Did you hear Kim? Kim G. I didn't. Thank you, Kim. Kim G. Okay. And it was Nessa R., not Linda R. Oh, thank you, Nessa. Nessa R. Of course, if Linda wanted to share and she spoke up too, here's her chance to say so. Okay, so I have Bella, I believe it's G, Nessa R, Vasa O, Lynn S, Chrissy G, and Kim G. Did I miss anybody who wanted to share? Okay. Great. Bella G, you're up. And I hope I got your initial correct. Yes, you got it correct. Thank you. Good morning, everybody. My name is Bella G, and I'm a thankful recovered compulsive overeater. Thank you, Rebecca, for doing this service, and thank you very much, everybody on the line. We had to be free of anger. Wow. It's such a powerful sentence. Yes, before the program... I didn't leave. I I was angry. I was angry all the time at everybody. I was angry at myself and at everybody. I was blaming and judging. I was jealous. I was miserable. I was angry. I believed in my anger. I gave so much power to my resentment that I believed that, you know, I am such a pity person, and I didn't leave. I didn't leave, and my only solution was to run to the food. The food was, wasn't my enemy because, you know, the, the food didn't answer me back. The food, I wasn't jealous at the food. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. I am not there anymore. And today, by leaving the steps and... You know, and by doing step four, it was my freedom. It was my peaceful. For me to do step four, it was, wow, a relief. Thank you, God. I had the opportunity to meet the enemy, 
to to face the anger to see what is the anger and to see that it's a like a balloon you know i am giving power to something that it's not even true it's not even real for me it was a freedom and yes as soon as i you know i i i faced the reality and i saw the anger in front of my eyes i saw that the anger doesn't have power thank you god that today i am connected to a higher power to a loving power and yes when i am angry because i am human i am not perfect and yes i have sometimes this feeling of anger you know i know that i don't have to run to the food i am allowed to feel it and i have the tools i just take the right tool for my toolkit and i know how to deal with the anger today i have to remember that i am connected to a loving accepting power thank you for letting me share and i pass thank you belagi Someone's unmuted. If it's not Nessa R, please mute your phone. And Nessa R, you're next. Thank you, Rebecca. My name is Nessa R, and I'm recovered in Toronto, Canada. Um, we prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. So, so what is that angle? Uh, it says just a little bit further. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, whether they actually did something or it was just our imagination, has the power to kill. So that's the first thing. Um, right and wrong doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if I'm right and they are wrong. It doesn't matter if they are mostly right, wrong and I am mostly right. Uh, it is totally irrelevant. Um, you know, I have to let go of my um, self-righteousness, of my justifiable anger, because if I hold on to it, that is going to be an obstacle in my unblocking myself from the sunlight of the spirit. And that's the purpose of step four is to unblock myself. You know, I had been blocked by two things, by the food, which by this time it is down. And the next thing is by me, by my own um, character defect. And so if I'm going to become entrenched on the fact that I am uh, right and trying to convince everybody around me that I'm hard done by, then I'm blocking myself. And it says a little bit further on in the reading on page um, um, 67, referring to our list again, putting out of our minds the wrong others had done, we resolutely looked for our own mistakes. Um, you know, which means uh, my, my, my sponsor really drilled into me that when I have a problem, I am the problem. So again, this reinforces the fact that what the other people do or did doesn't really matter. What matters is me, what I do with it. And do I choose to say, well, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be right. And I'm going to stay mad at the world. Or I want to say, you know what, right doesn't really matter. What matters here is to be happy. And the only thing that's going to make me happy is a close connection with God. And if this blocks me from God, I need to let go of it. And I need to see, okay, yeah, fine. What they did was wrong. But I was also being selfish because I want everybody to live by my values, you know, to do what I want, you know, whenever I want. And that, that is wrong. And this is what causes my misery, not what other people do. So I got to be truly prepared 
to let go of my usual way of looking at things, which is disregarding myself entirely and focusing on, on others. I got to do it the other way around. I got to uh, take the spotlight off of the other people and shine it directly upon me and only me. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Nessa R. Vasa O is next. Go right ahead. Thank you. Good morning, everyone. Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. And I am a grateful recovering compulsive Ovita calling from Foxborough, Massachusetts. Um, and uh, how it works. I had no clue when I came to Overeaters Anonymous. I didn't know what I was, I just came in to lose the weight and I was going to leave. And I'm just so grateful I kept coming and I kept on listening and continued working and reading the big book and coming to the meetings. And um, again, I was mad and I was angry and I harbored resentments. Uh, I didn't know that uh, blocked me from the sunlight of God. I didn't. I really didn't know so much. I was so naive, and I remember saying, "Well, how can you not be resentful uh, that, uh, to people that have hurt you so much?" I thought that was normal. I to hold on to grudges, and I learned that very nicely growing up. You know. I didn't understand against so many, so many things. I did not know how to let go of my anger. You know, I needed uh, my higher power, which I call God today, to help me in that area. Like God helped me with the, you know, with the food. Uh, So I'm just so grateful that, you know, just keep coming back and just to be reminded uh, again over and over and for when harboring such feelings, we shut ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit, the insanity of alcohol returns, and we drink again. And with us to drink is to die. And for me to go back into the food, I, it's for me to die. So that's why I chose to keep on doing what I'm suggested to do with the steps, you know, as I go along. So if I want to live, I better do the work, and it's taking the action. And um, we begin to see that the world and its people really dominated us in that state. The wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had power to actually kill us. And then, you know, again, the turnarounds, you know, had I done anything to anybody, or even if it's only one or two things, in the past that I had hurt other people, and yes, I did. So, you know, looking at me was very, very beneficial, not just to look and try to remember what other people had done to me, you know. And I was going to retaliate, believe me. When they, and when my parents, they were old, and I had to take care of them, and I was going to, I was going to, you know, retaliate. So thank you for, and thank you, God, that I don't have to do that they were just sick people like me. They did not know what they were doing. And I just thank God that I have this program and the recovery. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Vasa O. Lynn S., you're next. Good morning. This is Lynn S., a recovering compulsive overeater in Toronto, Canada. I am surprised at how much this particular short paragraph is bringing up 
with me. Um, when it was talking about the grouch and the brainstorm, I just thought, oh, my God, that was my whole life ping-ponging back and forth between being grouchy or having these amazing ideas and being grouchy and having these amazing ideas. And then I was sitting here thinking, well, what's wrong with having a brainstorm anyway? Brainstorms can be great. Well, maybe they can, but not for me. And it reminds me so much of the food. Like, lots of people in OA, I'm sure, eat sandwiches. Lots of people in the world eat sandwiches, and that's great. But not for me. The thought of a sandwich is orgasmic to me. I, I cannot handle it. The top of my roof, of, of my head blows off just thinking about it. I even start to salivate. That's not the food for me. But for lots of people, it is. And it, it just reminds me, too, I've just completed, uh, I'm doing four and five and on six and seven, and it reminds me of, of course I want to be rid of all my character defects. Of course I want this to be removed. Of course I want to be dri- don't want to be driven by that. But hang on a second, she really did do me wrong, you know, and, and it's funny because I'm I'm noticing that not not that I'm hanging on to that resentment. I'm not expressing myself properly right now, but it, it's just I'm seeing how much I want to be re- have this these things removed from me, but I also can see how perhaps, you know, maybe it is right. Maybe some of these things don't want to be removed right now, and especially the just so much of the ping-ponging my life was before. I'm so grateful I don't have to experience that now. And I've been in a situation with my cousins who are here to look after their uncle. And to be able to sit on the sidelines and listen to what's going on and not feel the need to say, I, well, I told you so. I did illustrate that example. Let me tell you, remind you of where I did that, you know, where I had the brainstorm and you guys didn't clue in. What's so wonderful is I'm not even practicing restraint of tongue because I'm not feeling the need to say it. What's happening is I'm noticing that the need to say it has been removed. So I'm just I'm just amazed how a couple of short lines can bring up so much of what my life was like before, what it's like now, the difference, and how grateful I am for a vision for you and for working the program. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you, Linus. Chrissy G., you're next. Hi, it's Christy G, recovered compulsive overeater and anorexic from New Jersey. I have come full circle with with anger, and I am so excited to talk about this subject this morning because, like with everything, it's not black and white. I have I have feelings for a reason. I'll feel anger. To deny my anger isn't what this is telling me anymore. It's what I used to read into it. But like with everything else, as I evolve my understanding of of this chapter and what it's trying to tell me, this paragraph, is that I cannot be drunk with anger, consumed with anger, and act on that anger. It's It can possess me. Feelings can possess me. And I was never taught as a child how to process feelings properly. So as an adult now, I, I have the responsibility to learn how to to reteach myself, to go out and find other sources of information 
ask other people, how do you process your anger? It's not to deny it. It comes up. It's real. And it's important for me to look at these things on my 10-step. What are the things that are causing the anger? Because they're real. And they highlight and and shine a light on where my thinking is still defective. So it's really important to pay attention to it, but not be consumed by it and to learn mature ways to process it. Thank you. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Chrissy T. Kim G. It's your turn. Good morning, Rebecca. Good morning, all. My name is Kim G. and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from South Jersey. Anger is the dubious luxury of normal men, but for alcoholics, these things are poison. Now, I'm going to link in something from step three where they talk about self. most people live by self-propulsion. You know, anger and living by self-propulsion are not unique to compulsive overeaters. It's not unique to addicts. The difference is I have to understand the consequences when I live by self-propulsion, the consequences when, I, when I'm in anger. And that's why they say here it's poison. I don't know how to handle that. My brain is wired differently where I can't sit in anger. And I love the way Martha talked about justifiable anger. There's a lot of justifiable anger in this world, but I have to know who I am, and I can't sit in that. So I just want to use this analogy. I had this, you know, fantasy as a kid. You know, I would get to 120 pounds, and I would open the door, and Brad Pitt would be there, and I would get married and be happily ever after. There was this idea that losing the weight was going to give me this perfect life. And I have to say that I thought that about the 12 steps too. I thought, well, I'm going to get to step 12 and life is going to be perfect and things are going to go my way and I'm never going to be resentful and I'm never going to be angry and I'm never going to be fearful. And that's not reality. I'm still a human being. I'm still going to get angry. I'm still going to get fearful. I'm still going to get resentful. But what this 12-step program does for me is I'm in the beginning stages now of learning a skill set because the inventory is not step four. It's an inventory process of four through nine. So if I learn this skill set, then what's going to happen is when I get angry, when I get fearful, when I get resentful, I don't have to stay there anymore. That's the beauty of this. Whereas something would happen and I would get angry and I would stew in it for three months. And as I work these steps, maybe I'm stewing in it for three weeks. And then I keep working these steps and maybe I'm stewing in it for three days. And I keep working these steps, and maybe I stew in it for three hours, and then maybe it's even three minutes. So I have to understand that these steps are powerful, but only powerful if I use them. One of the mistakes I made, we're going to learn um, a sick man's prayer, a fear prayer, and three sex prayers, which I now consider relationship prayers as a recovered woman. And I left them in step four because they were step four prayers. These are the prayers that allow me to have human emotions, which I'm going to have, but if I use the sick man's prayer, if I use the fear prayer, if I use those relationship prayers, I don't have to stay there. And the reason I do that, the reason I seek this skill set with the desperation of a drowning woman is because I understand the consequences. I understand the consequences of the paragraph before, that if I stay in these resentments, if I stay in the anger, it's infinitely grave, it's fatal, and I will die. And I also understand that anger is poison. And that motivates me to do these steps so that today I can live a life that is happy, joyous, and free. Not free of anger and fear and resentment, but when I feel it, I, can, I have a skill set to not stay there. 
And with that, I pass. Thank you, Kim G. I will now ask Deb W. to continue our reading with the third paragraph on page 66, which begins, we turned back to the list and ends with any more than alcohol. Good morning, Rebecca. Deb W. recovered in Oklahoma. We turned back to the list for it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. We began to see that the world and its people really dominated us. In that state, the wrongdoing of others, fancied or real, had the power to actually kill. How could we escape? We saw that these resentments must be mastered, but how? We could not wish them away and any, any more than alcohol. So... Um, what I uh, got from this is that we're getting ready to get an answer to all of this uh, type of thinking and living that we could identify with. Uh, we we got to the point that okay, the food has been you know has uh, been in reprieve and okay, we're getting ready to to start. Well, we have we've listed all the um, people who have harmed us. So what do we do with that at this point, you know? Well, as we go along, we're going to see a whole new different thought process than when I try to go at the people who had hurt my feelings to try to get this thing resolved to my satisfaction or I kept the, uh, the grudge because I was justified uh, to keep this grudge. I, I, I had thought about it thoroughly. I like the person who shared earlier because I've done that so many times is that they may have wronged me, but the number of times I told the story, you know, just really dug the, 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 the uh, hole deeper in my resentment and in my hurt. Um, but uh, um, I, I was thinking also when it says a little further up about the sunlight, we turn ourselves off from the sunlight of the spirit. And the number of times when I am focusing my eyes on this hurt and the resentment, I have no room for the the hope and the help that is there for me because the resentment is taking up every, you know, every part of my mind. So how could we escape? So they're telling me that we there is a method to escape. The these these people who wrote the book said that we don't have to stay. And it's kinda of hard, you know, when I came into OA, you know, I was about thirty five, you know, and so thirty five years of or, you know, maybe twenty five years of living this same way, how is it possible? So with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Deb W. And who would like to share on this paragraph? That Deb Anita J. Carolyn K- G from Boston. Okay. Sharon H. All I've written down so far is Anita J. So who is Anita? Anita? Katie G from Boston. Reva P. Katie G. Reva P. 
Sharon H. from Colorado. Thank you for your patience, Sharon. Monica T. Irini. T. Irini. I know I heard Larry. I don't know how much time we'll have. Who did I miss? Carolyn S.H. Carolyn S.H. Okay. Uh, does anyone else want to get in the queue? I don't know if we'll have time. Okay, so I have Anita J., Katie G., Reva P., Sharon H., Monica T., Irini, Larry K., and Carolyn S.H. Let's go with Ross Anita J. Roxanne G. Yes. Okay, go ahead, Anita J. Hi, all. This is Anita J., recovered compulsive overeater down on Cape Cod, uh, where I hope the sun shines. As it's shining on me as I read this and think of my recovery, the miracle of the recovery. And it's, I look at this paragraph and it's, we're prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle, meaning I've loosened the rigid thoughts I always had. You know, I know that when my husband married me decades ago, he thought he was getting something really special. Well, special, sure I was, but I I did not have any kind of maturity. Um, I don't think he ever envisioned that in bed we would occasion he would be occasionally holding me because I would be crying and crying over why did they do that to me? I don't understand it. I just let it all out and I let it out to the wrong person. It's like the hardware store. This guy must have been petrified. And the point was, it's because I never looked at it from any other angle. Never any other angle. And um, the miracle is this last time, actually the credit again, a lot of us crediting vision, seeing it from an entirely different angle. And to see that the world may have done these things. But what was it getting for me? You know, one of the first messages God ever told me that I heard, that I actually heard was, Anita, you're not using all your gifts. Of course I wasn't. I was spending so much of my time on things like this, chasing my tail, coming up with zilch, and so that there's a way out. This has to be the last, this can be the last time you ever have to look at these sad things that could have happened to you or these things that you did wrong. I cringe a couple of times at uh, things I said or did to my children. It has, it could be the last time if I'm prepared to loosen and look at it from an entirely different way and allowing that sunlight to appear, it is, um, it's a freedom beyond compare and a way to live for the future. And with that, I pass. Thank you, Anita J. You know, we have five, uh, eight people on the list. 
And if everyone were to share for two minutes instead of three, you may all get a chance. So I'm not going to limit you that way, but you could keep it in mind if possible. Katie G, you're next. Hey, Rebecca, can you hear me? I can hear you, Katie G. <laughs> okay, perfect. Sorry, I just want to make sure. Got my timer going. KG, Recovered Compulsive Low Reader, Anorexic and Bulimic, and um, just a couple words I wanted to focus on, dominate. So controlled. I mean, that's when I'm, like, being eaten up on the inside. Like, I can't see anything else. I am so angry at you that all I can think about is the anger. And that is why it is a spiritual axiom that when I'm disturbed, it's about me. Because the person I'm angry at isn't being harmed by my anger. You know, and yes, it is there, and I've had to learn to to look at this new angle, this new, like if you think of a 90-degree angle, like I'm going one way, right, KDG, and then, you know, I'm going to the other side of the courtroom, the side that has nothing to do with KDG, nothing to do, entirely, um, entirely rid of me, considering it from somebody else's angle, which is brand new for me the first time I went through this. And the other is fancied, oh my gosh, dreamed, made up of. If I walk into the room and you look at me funny, right, and I'm spiritually not connected in that moment. You're, you hate me. I know you hate me, and I'm going to hate you back, and I'm going to give you the cold shoulder. And, you know, just to make everybody laugh, you might have gas. Sorry for the metaphor, but come on. Like, I'm not that important, right? <clears throat> but I assume that if people are not giving me this special treatment that I demand, I'm going off in these fanciful notions, and then I treat you badly because you're not giving me the treatment that I demand and then I wonder why you're not giving me any nice treatment and yet I've been snubbing you because I thought you snubbed me. Now if you follow that, keep coming because understanding that is the first step in total freedom and that's what this work brings is as i go through it on a deeper and deeper level each and every time steps one through nine step ten whatever it is i go to an entirely different angle and that angle is my freedom that angle angle is death of kdg for successful living and i'm going to do it one more day with you guys and i pass thank you kdg reba p did you call me I called Reva P. Oh, thank you. Yes, this is Reva P. Thank you. Um, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater in Toronto. Um, what struck me this morning were the words escape and wishing. And that's how I coped with my feelings before program. I escaped. It's um, very uncomfortable beginning this inventory process because once the food is down, I actually start feeling my feelings. And this is not comfortable stuff to feel my anger. The thing that I used food for to numb out, to not feel anything, because feelings were just terrifying and incredibly uncomfortable. And I would binge as much as I needed to, to get as numb as I needed to get, because I just could not deal with any kind of feeling, whether it was high or low or anger. Um, 
So what I did before and why this paragraph intrigues me as I'm starting an inventory process is because I didn't know how. So the way I dealt with it was to escape by numbing out with my substance of choice, which was food, or beginning the inventory process, I thought all I had to do was wish, wish hard enough or tell myself, oh, that's the problem. I'm angry and resentful. Let's not be angry and resentful. And later on in the inventory process in step six and seven, I learned that that's not how it works. Um, So I'm so grateful that as has been shared, this um, is the beginning of learning a skill set. What do I do with these uncomfortable feelings? What do I do when I'm restless, irritable, and discontent and the food is down? How do I get through that so that the resentment is lifted, the uh, fear is lifted, and I am truly free and then I don't need to pick up? With that, I pass. Thank you, Reva P. Sharon H. Thank you, Rebecca. This is Sharon H. in Colorado, Recovered Compulsive Overeater by God's Grace. Um, We turn back to the list where it held the key to the future. We were prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle. And I am so grateful for this process and understanding it so much differently than I did for many years. Uh, For me, when it says we look at it from an entirely different angle, today I am going through this process looking at it through the eyes of my higher power, God, not my judgmental, angry eyes. And I harbored a lot of ill will in my mind, and I would relive these resentments. I'd even have these fantasy conversations that it happened this way, but now I would come back with this comment, and on and on my mind would go. So this is the beginning of God beginning to heal my sick mind, and I have a twofold illness, a mind, a sick mind and a sick body. And so God is going to heal both of those. And this process of four through nine is how he heals that old mindset that led me back over and over again to picking up that first bite of my alcohol foods. And so I'm just so grateful today that I understand this process differently because I'm seeing it through different eyes, not my own. And that is the beginning because I can't wish it away uh, any more than I can wish away the alcohol or taking that first bite. I have to go through this process and then God, as I understand him today, begins this unlearning process in my mind that I always had this mindset and now he's showing it to me from a very different angle and that's the beginning of living free and abstinent and staying abstinent one day at a time by God's grace and with that I pass thank you Sharon H Monica T thank you Rebecca my name is Monica T and I am a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida so here we are in the chapter, how it works, and we've started working on our fourth step inventory and doing our writing, and we've done our columns, and boy, that was the easy part. Yeah, 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 you did this to me, you did that to me, blah, blah, blah. And so now I'm being given the next part of what I'm going to do here. And this is where we're, we, what am I going to do? They're saying we turn back to the list 
secret held the key, the key this, to the future. We were prepared to look at it from a different, entirely different angle. So I was told that here, my instructions were being given to me to begin the process of what I, was, what I call a turnaround. That I was going to have to look at things from an entirely different angle. And, I, you know, Monica and her quest, well, how did your way work for you, Monica? Well, you know what? It hadn't worked for me. You know, I had spent 50-something years with a lot of resentments, a lot of hate, a lot of anger going on. And I didn't even know this stuff on a lot of it. And that wasn't working for me. And I wanted to be free of this stuff. So what am I going to have to do? So they're telling me here, I'm going to have to look at it from a different angle. Oh, yeah? <laughs> But the big book is going to tell us exactly how to do that. And thank God, because the turnarounds here is where God did help me to start looking at something from a different angle that changed me and gave me freedom from resentments that I had held from a little girl. In that state, the wrongdoing of others fancied or real had the power to actually kill. Now, you know, I am not... I am not um, justifying any wrongdoing that anybody did. What they did was wrong, it's wrong, it's wrong, period. But I'm killing myself with holding on to what I'm holding on to. And that's what has to be changed. And that's what this process did for me. It helped me to change that. You know, we saw that these resentments must be mastered. But how? I didn't know how. But this process showed me how. Because I couldn't wish them away any more than alcohol. You know, I tried wishing uh, to wake up every morning to be uh, skinny and uh, at goal. That didn't work. You know, that I would uh, reach goal and be happy. I didn't, that didn't work. And I couldn't wish away any of these resentments either because they were eating away at me. So how free did I want to be? You know, I was sick and tired of being sick and tired. And the other thing here is my broken mind could not fix my broken mind. But these instructions that I'm being given here with God, my willingness, and God's grace helped to mend my broken mind. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Monica T. Irini. <clears throat> Thank you, Rebecca, for your service. Good morning, my spiritual brothers and sisters. My name is Irini M. from New York, and I'm a very grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you, God. This is so exciting for me because this is a key to see it entirely, entirely different angle. That means 180 degrees to see something and switch it around. To see the opposite of it, it's like looking through a prism, prism and seeing it in different colors. And it was my thoughts that fueled my feelings that resulted in, in rage. I had so much rage and anger. Um, but, you know, like my mind was like a whirlpool, and I was drowning in those thoughts until this step gave me an opportunity just to start doing something different to start to be able to pause and step back and to kind of stop that whirlpool, that chaos, and to actually make some space in my head to see what the truth was, this started. It was the beginning to open up my eyes, to be able to see things in a different way. 
So I was prepared to look at it from an entirely different angle that I had never done that before. And thank you, God, this is a gift because this is what sheds the light on my part, on my behavior, on on my responsibility. And it allowed this light, you know, this light, I got so hungry for it started to get brighter and brighter because that light made me see the truth. And I was coming out of my darkness. And it was, it's, it's such a process and it's such a beautiful way to evolve. And through that, being captive through my, my whole life with those thoughts, I seemed hopeless. And then all of a sudden, those two words seemed Hopeless became, I was able to see hope, (laughs) see hope and seemed hopeless. It blew my mind away. Seeing things differently, seeing the truth. And that's the gift and that's the key that unlocked the prison door that I held myself hostage all these years. It was that false self, my delusions, my illusions, my stories, you know, I, I polluted my breath, and, and I wasn't able to breathe the truth in. So I'm very grateful because um, God is started to show me what he wanted me to see and not what ego blinded me with all those years of being disconnected and um, not being connected to the power that I needed to be free from self-bondage. And I'm very grateful for that. Thank you, and I pass. Thank you, Irini M. Mary Kay, you will be the last person to share, and I'm sorry, Carolyn S.H. and Roxanne B., you'll have to wait till the next hour or tomorrow. Go ahead, Larry Kay. Okay, good morning, Larry Kay, Recovered Compulsive Reader. Um, I'll take a couple minutes here. The, um, you know, it, it talks about the, uh, the fact that we began to see the world and its people really dominated us. And, and that was indeed true for me. You know, um, it, it was like, you know, living with resentment for me was like, you know, taking poison and expecting the other guy to die. You know, and that's, that's really what it was. I was dominated, um, you know, and, and, and it, it, this, this makes vivid one of, the, one of the crippling aspects of resentment and why we have to master it. We have to find a way. Um, you might be experiencing this right now. You know, if you're thinking ways to get even with someone, um, you know, settle a score, you know, you're, you're being controlled by that resentment. And, um, and as long as that, and, you know, and I, while I wanted to do violence, you know, violent uh, verbal things to, towards other people, and I often did, really what it was, was I did violence to myself. Um, the way I binge, I don't know about you, but um, that was a very violent, violent thing when I look back on it. You know, um, I wanted that other person to, I wanted to settle the score, but, um, and then I'd go out and, you know, uh, and, and consume the, 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 the entire bakery box of things, you know, and that was the thing. That was the reason I needed to be able to master this. I find today that moving this, these steps, starting with this first action step, moved me from a self-centered existence to a God-centered existence. And the interesting thing about that is for me is that being in that God-centered existence, it's not that resentments don't come up, but it's hard to live in resentment for long 
while you're living a life of, you know, tolerance and, and kindness and acceptance, you know, and that's what this program does for you. It allows you to live a life of kindness, acceptance, and tolerance. That's what made the difference for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Thank you, Larry Kay. Thank you to everyone who has shared. Please join us for a second unrecorded hour of study immediately following closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Janice M. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only to the end of the page. Thank you. Um, Thank you, Rebecca F. This is Janice M., a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning prayer what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something that you haven't got. Excuse me, boy. Um, See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We will be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Pass.